God, we love you. And this morning, we're just grateful to be here, grateful to be in your presence, grateful to be in this space where we can worship, where we can dive into the word, where we can do what we're doing right now, God. Just pray together and be together as the body of Christ, as the family of God. And God, we are just, uh, we've, we've, I have really enjoyed this series through the book of Ephesians, and I just pray this morning that you would, you would do as you do every week, that you would speak through me, God, that the words that come out of my mouth would be your words for your people on your day, God, that we, we would uh, just leave this space knowing that we have met with the one true God. God, we love you. We give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're in week four uh, this morning of our Ephesians series, uh, going a little faster than I anticipated. Going, we're going to finish chapter three today. Uh, you know, we've been walking pretty deliberately through Scripture this year. You know, one of our main things that we have been talking about this year is to learn and follow Scripture both personally in our own personal lives and in community. We've been doing that in community all year long. We've we had our Word of God series in which we looked at some of the big themes. Uh, you know, we looked at the Psalms, and lately we've been in. Ephesians. Uh, and so far in the book of Ephesians, we have been pretty theologically heavy. I told you that first week that Paul really spends the first half of Ephesians really talking about theology. What, what do we believe? Why do we believe it? All this, all this good stuff, right? In the next few chapters, which we'll start next week, he brings that down from the clouds and says, all right, that's what all this theology up here looks like practically. I'm super excited to get to Paul's practical. This is now what this looks like lived out part of the book of Ephesians. But right now we're going to kind of finish up the, the theological half. Like I said, once we get in the second half, things will change a little bit. Paul, Paul starts to get more practical. But right now it's been pretty ideas based. Right, week one, we looked at the whole chapter one and talked about how we are body of Christ. That Christ is the head of the body, that the church is the body of Christ. No matter who you are, where you came from, all that stuff, Christ is the head of the body, which is the church. Week two, we talked about the gospel in one of probably the more significant passages of Scripture, Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 10. Uh, that's one of the more significant passages in all of Scripture, and we just unpacked the gospel that week. Now, last, we went back a little bit to week one to talk about how within Within the body of Christ, we are all one, right? There is no Jew or Gentile, etc. We are one. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you did, who you did it with. Right? We are one. If you have said yes to Jesus, we are one body. And this is one of the major points that Paul is really trying to drive home in these early chapters. There is not a select group of Christians that is better than the others, Right, there, there up to this point, there has been a we, which is the Israelites, the Jews, the Jewish Christians, and there has been a you, which is the Gentile Christians. There have been kind of two separate entities that Paul talks about here, but last week he kind of just said like, look, we are one family. We are one family. Again, verse 19 in chapter 3, we'll get to our passage, or in chapter 2 actually, or he says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. We are one. It's no longer a, a we and a you. It is us. And we'll see some of that this morning a bit. But, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, the, the language that we see here 
just kind of shifts a little bit. So uh, this week we get to, to continue on, finish up chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 14 this morning. So if you want to turn there with me, you're more than welcome. Uh, again, I just forgot to write down the page for our pew Bibles. But if you have your own Bibles or if you're in a pew Bibles, Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 14. And uh, one of the things that you will notice about Paul, not just in the book of Ephesians, but in most, if not all of his letters, is that he loves to pray for the people that he is writing to. And he loves to tell them exactly what he is praying for. And he doesn't just tell them how he prays for them. He tells them why he prays for them as well. I want us to read this passage this morning and we'll, we'll see exactly what I'm talking about here. So Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God." Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Paul here just says a prayer for his people, for this church. And remember, this is not just that this one church in Ephesus, this is likely to the churches in and around Ephesus, this letter would have traveled to a lot of different churches. This is his prayer to these people. And I want to just unpack this prayer a little bit this morning. I mean, first he starts out saying, for this reason. Well, for what reason, Paul? It's kind of like seeing a therefore, right? You have to go back and see what that, what's, what's the reason, right? What is Paul saying? For this reason. Well, what is the reason? Remember last week, we looked at uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. He says, For this reason, I, Paul, prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, and then it stops. All right, he, he started this prayer in chapter 3, verse 1, and then he realized, oh, wait, I have more to say, and he kept, he kept speaking. So then he goes back to this. For this reason, I, Paul, I'm praying for you. So what is the reason? Well, think about this. Go back to verse 19 to 21 with me in chapter 2. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And then he starts saying, for this reason. And then he stops and goes back to what we talked about last week. And now again, he's saying in chapter 3, verse 14, for this reason. And I want you to see this. Before this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. That phrase is significant because what was he just saying right before he started to pray and stopped? He was just saying that we are no longer, we are no longer foreigners and strangers. We are fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So now he's saying, for this reason, I pray. Uh, and not just I'm praying, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Which family do you think he could be talking about there? 
It is the family of God. It is us now. Remember, no longer is there a we and a, and a, and a you. There is an us. And this is what he's talking about here. I, I kneel before the Father whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. You are fellow citizens and members of his household. I just, I just want to remind us that we are all part of the family of God. I mean, even the language begins to shift here in the book of Ephesians. Like I was saying, there's no more you and we. Later on, we get to chapter 4 a little bit later, and it does talk about the Gentiles, but it talks about the Gentiles as they. Right? Don't live like the Gentiles, those people over there who are doing their own thing. You are now part of the family of God. Right? The whole language in the book of Ephesians starts to switch. Right now, it's just us. It is, it is we, us. When he talks about you, Paul says, this, this is me talking to you, the church. The you in chapter 3, 14 and on in the book of Ephesians is no longer just Gentiles. It is the church. Amen. And so when he's talking here, he just says, you know, that's, well, that's just a complete shift of language here in the book of Ephesians. Uh, and, and then he begins to tell us what he's praying for. And he says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, what's he doing? He is recognizing here who God is. God has all the authority. He's recognizing that God has everything available to him. And just a quick reminder and a side note here this morning, we pray every single time that we pray to a gloriously rich God. And I am not talking necessarily about material Richness. I don't know if that's the way you would say that word, but material wealth. There we go. I'm not talking about God having all sorts of money. I'm talking about God just being, he, he has all the authority over all things. He commands the stars and the seas. He created the heavens and the earth. He has everything available to him. But look what, for what Paul is praying here. Now, I know he's not talking about material blessing because look what Paul prays for here. I pray that God, out of his glorious riches, would do this, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. He's not saying, may God, out of his glorious riches, give you some glorious riches. <laughs> no, uh-uh. May God, out of his glorious riches, strengthen you with power. May he give you power. This word power here is the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite. This is an explosive kind of power. This is a supernatural kind of power, not just a, a human power, not just a human power, human strength. We're talking about a power that is supernatural. This is the power of God. And if you are wondering, what kind of power is that, Pastor Chris? Like, how would you explain that power to me? We don't have to go back very far because Paul does it in chapter 1. Go back with me, Ephesians chapter 1, starting at verse 15. This is another one of his prayers that he prays over the people there. It says, for this reason, we won't go into that reason, we already did that. Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and all the love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for those of us who believe. He's praying, I pray that you would know this power and listen to what this power is. That power 
is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. That's the power that Paul is talking about here. He's saying, I pray that God would strengthen you in power. Let's read this again in verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit, that he might give you that power. Did you hear that power? The same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the same power that put him back at the right hand of God, that same power, that supernatural God power, he's praying that we would have that power power that he we would be strengthened by that power through the holy spirit that sounds a lot like something someone else said in scripture acts chapter 1 verse 8 jesus says when the holy spirit comes on you you will receive power now this is a consistent theme throughout the new testament that we will receive power when the holy spirit comes on us and the book of acts highlights the fact that the disciples did receive that power. They went out and they just proclaimed the gospel boldly. There were healings. There were miracles. There were all sorts of things that could only be explained by the power of God. That's the kind of power that Paul is talking about here. That we would be strengthened with that power. And here's Paul praying that this church in Ephesus, remember this is a general letter sent to the churches in and around Ephesus, that we can include ourselves here and these people would receive that kind of power through the Holy Spirit. This is a big deal. I mean, can you imagine if Christians around the world would tune in and lean into the power that we have in the Holy Spirit? Can you imagine the difference that would be made in the world? We have power through the Holy Spirit. I love when Paul prays for the churches he's writing to. And here's here's part of the reason why. Paul never leaves us guessing as to the why. I, I don't know about you. I love to know the why. I, 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 whenever someone says, hey, you should do this, my first question is usually, why? Uh, when someone says, hey, this is interesting, I, I really resonated with this. My, one of my first questions is, why? Uh, I love to know the why. Right? I, 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 when I was a kid, I would, I would take things apart just to see if I could put it back together. Right? I want to know why this worked. I, 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 want, I want to know the why. I love Paul's prayers because he doesn't leave us guessing at the why. Yeah, we've, we've talked about this before in our church. We talked about how Paul prays and he uses so that a lot in his prayers. I pray this so that this might happen. I pray this so that this might happen. I pray this so that. In fact, this is one of those prayers. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that. And it was really three different outcomes that he talks about here in this passage about what are the outcomes of this? That, what's the so that? Why? What's the why? What are the outcomes of this, that we would receive the power? What happens as we receive this power? Well, verse 17, let's keep reading. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That's the first one. 
I pray that you, out of his glorious riches, God would strengthen you with his power through his spirit, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, I just want to just affirm to you this morning that there is absolutely nothing that you can do to earn your salvation. There is no thing you can do, no amount of works you can do. In fact, this, uh, this Ephesians passage that we just read, we see that we actually need supernatural power in order for Christ to be able to dwell in our hearts through faith. Amen. There's no certain task you need to accomplish. There's not a, a certain amount of money you need to give to the church. There's not anything you can do by your own power to earn your own salvation. It comes, as we talked about in Ephesians chapter 2, comes by grace through faith. As we give our hearts and our lives to him, he begins to live in and through us. Now, I'll just say this. If you've never made that decision to give your life to God and have him dwell in your heart through faith, I would encourage you to let today be that day that the power of the Holy Spirit would come into you, that you would begin to live out the life that God is calling you to live, that he would begin to just go where he is calling you to go. Because as Christ dwells in your heart, things change. As Christ comes into your heart, your heart begins to change. Things begin to change. You get this deep assurance of his love that we will talk about in a second. You are just never the same. When Christ comes into your heart, as Christ dwells in your heart, your prayers change. Your outlooks change. The way you treat people changes. Everything changes. As Christ comes into your life, everything changes. And Paul is saying here, though, that the way that happens is as we are empowered by the Spirit. I pray that you... Out of his glorious riches, God would just, would empower you, would strengthen you with power through his spirit. What's well, another outcome that Paul talks about here? In verse 18, he says this, that you, I pray that your heart, second half of 17, pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. I pray that you might have power to just grasp how much God loves you. Amen. This is what he's praying for his people. Why do you need power to know how much God loves you? It's a great question, but he actually answers that in verse 19, to know this love that surpasses knowledge. This is a love that we cannot understand. We need the power of God even just to, to understand a little bit of how much God loves you. This is a, a crazy thought this morning, but you cannot naturally understand God's love. It has to be supernaturally revealed to you. We don't have the capacity to comprehend just how much God loves us. I mean, that just that blows my mind trying to grasp that, that as much as I, I've studied Scripture and I know about the love of God, I do not know about the love of God. Because the love of God has to be revealed to you and experience, that you have to experience it. What I know about the love of God up here, I can get from Scripture. What I know from the love of God in here, I know from experience. Amen. I have experienced the love of God. Amen. And with God, love is not just an action. Yeah, we might understand it. Like we can, we can understand why someone does something. Uh, we can understand the reason that, that he loves. But with God, love is not just an action. Love is who he is. That's different. First John 4 says that God is love. And I think, honestly, this is one of the most important, most powerful prayers that we can pray for the ones that we love. That they might experience the love of God. 
I think this prayer that Paul prays over his church, we can steal and pray for all of the people that we love in our own life here. I pray that out of God's power that you might be able to just grasp how much God loves you. Because it's, it's one thing to, to tell someone how much God loves them. It's another thing for them to experience it. You know, one of my favorite sayings, one of my favorite, I guess, interactions. One time someone asked Louis Armstrong to explain jazz. And he just said, if you got to explain it, you don't got it. I just, I love that. If you got to explain it, you don't got it. That to me just speaks the same to the love of God. Now, we can explain the love of God until we're blue in the face of the people that we love. But until they actually experience for themselves the love that God has for them, they will never truly know the love of God. I think we can steal this prayer from Paul. I don't think he would mind, by the way. And we can pray it over the people that we love in our life. I pray that, that out of God's power, you might just be able to grasp a little just piece of how much God actually loves you. I've told you before that God loves you, but I just pray that you might have power just to grasp how much God actually loves you. My prayer is there would be many inside and outside of the church that would have this experience and more deeper, more meaningful encounters with God and just be able to know his love. Yeah, there's a a famous evangelist. His name's Charles Finney. Uh, He was an evangelist in the 1800s. He had one of these experiences and he wrote about it. He says this, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. Amen. I mean, just think about this experience that he is writing about here. That's that's what we want. I just, I almost just want to stop for a second here. Just, just think about this. Just think about the people that you love that do not yet know the love of God. I would love to just, just stop for a second. I would venture just, there's maybe even some sitting in this room or, or listening to the podcast later who need to experience this same sort of love. I want to just just spend a moment in prayer right now and just echo the prayer of Paul. I just, I just want to take a minute, and I really do. I want you just to think about this. I want you to think about someone in your own life that just needs to experience the love of God. You've told them. You've tried to tell them about the love of God, but they just they need to experience it for themselves. Let's just say a word of prayer. I just would pray that you would just pray for them by name, out loud or in your own head, wherever you just want to pray for them. Just would you just pray for those people? God, we just, we lift you up this morning. We just pray for those in our own, in our own lives, in our own families, in our own uh, circle of friends, God, that just need to experience your love. God, we lift, we lift them up to you right now. We pray that you would just give them power through your spirit to, to be able to grasp even just a tiny piece of how much you really do love them. God, we echo this prayer of Paul God, maybe we just continue, maybe you keep this prayer on our lips as we see people today and throughout the week and the month that you would just, God, just remind us to continue to pray this prayer, that people would be empowered by your spirit enough to grasp how much you actually love them.
God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I want you to just, I, my prayer is that prayer would be on your lips this week. I think this is one of the, this is the biggest thing I want you to get today. Yeah, this is a great prayer from Paul that we would be empowered, but I, I want to steal this prayer for you and for me to be able to just pray over the people in our lives who do not yet know Christ, that they would know Christ, and that they would know his love, that they'd be able to grasp how wide and long and deep and high is the love of Christ. It's a, it's a big deal and a big prayer. Here's, here's the third kind of outcome, though, as we continue reading. He says this in verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I want us to see the faith in this prayer. As we are empowered by the Spirit, Paul says, as we are empowered by the Spirit, we'll be able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. I want you to think about that. We cannot even imagine what God wants to do through us as we are empowered by his spirit. I want you to imagine the greatest thing that you think you could do for Jesus and then take it another step <laughs> because it's even more than that that we can do through the power of Jesus that is at work within us through the spirit. I mean, just that we are empowered by the spirit. God can do in and through us some amazing things. I mean, I think back to Acts again. People were healed, healed. miracles took place, hearts and lives were changed forever. Whole families were saved at a time, right? Well, we just, we see hundreds and thousands of people come to Jesus through the power of, through, through people like you and me, disciples like you and me, who lived empowered lives, able to do some amazing things, and people came to Christ. I mean, those sort of things that happened then can happen now as well, if we only believe they can. Those same miracles, those same healings, all of that same stuff can happen now through the power of the Spirit. I mean, Jesus in John 16 says, you're going to do even greater things than me through the power of the Spirit. Right, we're, we can do some amazing things through the power of the Spirit, but I want you to, to hear this. What is it for? Now to him who is able to do a measure more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that work, <laughs> according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Amen. What is the point of all of that power being made manifest in us as believers to go out and do some amazing things for Christ? It is that God would get the glory. Which is super consistent with everything we've talked about all year. That God, his entire plan from the Old Testament to the New Testament, is that his glory would be made known throughout all the nations. Throughout all the generations. Even here, Paul is saying, Now to him who is able to do a measure of more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is already at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. We do not do this so that we would get the glory. We, get this, we do this so God gets the glory. And that generations of people from here to generations <laughs> would know the power and the glory of Christ. That they would know him. That they, have, they would see him. And we've seen that theme 
All throughout scriptures, we've gone through that God's desire is that all people would come to know him and know his glory. But I want to just think about this. How amazing is it that he empowers you and I to be able to be the conduit through which that happens? You and I, as imperfect as we are, are empowered by God with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead so that generations would know, so that God's glory would be made known. And this is, this is a big prayer that Paul prays here for these people. And from here on out, he starts to talk about what this life actually looks like. What is a life that is empowered by God? What is a life that, that looks, what is a life that is empowered by the Spirit of God? What does that look like? What does it look like practically for me to live like this? And this is where he begins chapter four. And we will get there next week. <laughs> but I just, I don't want you to miss this this morning. I don't want you to miss this prayer that Paul prays for his people. He's praying for power. He's praying that they would be strengthened with the power of God, the same power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power of God that seated him at the right hand of the throne of God. That same power is within you and within me through the Holy Spirit. So here's a really good question for you. What have you done lately? What have you seen in your life lately that can only be explained by the power of the Spirit? Is there anything in your life that can only be explained by the power of the Spirit? This question has been going through my mind all week. If I have the power of God through the Holy Spirit, and it is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it's the same power that put him up at the right hand of the throne of God. This empowers within me and you through the Holy Spirit. I want to see it. <laughs> that has been my prayer all week. God, would you just, would you show me the ways in which you are using this power in my life? And if, if there is any way that I am getting in the way of you using this power in my life, would you show me how to get out of your way as you lead my life and guide my life through the power of your Holy Spirit. God, get me out of your way as you live in and through me. Amen. Because what I want for me and for you and for this church is to say that we are led by the Spirit and we are empowered by His Spirit. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is within each and every one of us. And my prayer is that that would be evident and that God would get the glory. That's my prayer for you this week. Would you just look for the ways in which the power of the Spirit is alive and well in you? Look for that. Pray for that. Pray for God to show you those ways that you might see his power at work within your life. Let's pray. God, we love you. And we are just grateful, thankful to be in this space to be able to open up your word, to be able to, to, to worship you through song, to be able to just be together. God, it's, it's a great thing, but God, I just pray that you would just, 
you would just show us today the ways in which you are empowering our lives. Would you show us ways in which the Spirit is moving in and through us? God, would you show us ways in which we need to get out of your way so that you can use your power in our lives? God, would this theme of your power, would this sense of your power not leave us this week? Would we just want nothing more than to be used by you, to reach people for you, that you might get the glory? God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Would you stand with me this morning? And uh, as we leave here, I just want to pray a blessing over you. And uh, let me just pray this. May our God, God of power and might, may he go with you and ahead of you this week. May he empower you and encourage you to be who he is calling you to be, to lead you through the Holy Spirit. And may that leading and that empowerment help you to make a difference wherever you may find yourself this week. Go with the power of the Holy Spirit this week. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for coming this morning. It's been a good day. Thank you.